The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Hello everyone, and welcome to Walk the Mile. Thank you for listening. And today we're talking to one of our long-standing members of staff. How long have you been here for, Christy? 19 years. 19 years. Good on you, Christy. This is Christy Wellsmore, who's been a teacher in the primary school for the last 19 years, as we've just heard. You taught two of my daughters, didn't you? Yes. I've only got two daughters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did... Um yeah, Imogen when she was in year six. That's right. Yeah. So Imogen in year six. Yeah. And then. And then I did a period of time in the secondary school. Oh, that's right. Well. Teaching. In academic support. Academic support. Yes. That's right. Yes. So when my own children were little, I worked part time. Right. Um, up here in the senior school. So. Great. I've been a part of the whole community. Yeah, and it's been great to have you here. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of academic support, and that's. We'll get into this later on, but at the moment you're working, well, not academic support, but your title, what's your role again? Yeah, so I'm one of the um, deputy heads in the primary school with a focus on teaching and learning. Focus on teaching and learning, mm-hmm. which is similar to what you're doing in academic support in the secondary school? Um, parts of it, Right. yes. Parts of it, because obviously a big, um, a big chunk in, in primary education is literacy and numeracy, mm-hmm. so... Um, when I um, started working in academic support, part of that role description was supporting girls with literacy and numeracy skills. Right. But just um, a little bit further along their learning journey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's a, it's a part of what I do, but there's lots of other parts sure. to that job now too. And when you were doing it in the secondary school, had you had you been tra- trained in secondary education? No, no, uh, no I hadn't. So um, I think though that um, part of the, the job description was being quite skilled in literacy and numeracy and I think that as primary teachers um, that's where all our training is yeah. and we are quite skilled in that. Yeah. Um, and then another advantage for me was that when I came into that position, I had taught the girls um, in years eight and nine when they were in the primary school. Right. So I had a good relationship with at least half of them. Yeah. Um, so I think that worked well, but it really took me on my own learning journey um, right. by moving into academic support. Um, and I did a lot of, um, although I didn't do a, like a formal degree or anything, uh, it was a period of... Um, doing a lot of intense um, professional learning at that time. Yeah. And I, I would say that it, um, I just love that period of 
of my career. I think it was a real turning point for me. Wow. Where I really was able to sit beside the girls and see learning through a completely different lens. Wow. And what's the difference, do you think? Mm. What are the, if you could state the differences between learning at a primary stage yeah. and learning at a secondary stage, can you um, put your finger on it? No, well, obviously there's a lot more um, independence that's required right. in secondary and managing yourself. But I think from, from, from just my perspective um, of where it brought that growth was I think when you stand in front of a classroom, it can be very just teaching focused, yep. the teacher. Um, and you just think, I'm going to impart this knowledge and impart yeah. this skill. Um, but in academic support, um, my role was in class support. So I was actually sort of sitting yeah. on a chair yeah. at a desk next to students. So right. I saw it through learning. Yeah, right. Not just teaching. What it was teaching. like to be the student. In yeah, the and I actually think that's the same whether you're in kindergarten or year 12. Mm. Um, there's the teaching and there's the learning. Yeah. And just because you teach something doesn't mean they're learning. They're it. learning. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, isn't it? Because I often wonder, I don't think any of my students <laughs> learn anything. I'm sure. <laughs> they do. They learn some classic songs. <laughs> but I do wonder that, you know, yeah. and, and over the years I've been teaching here, I've tried different things and sometimes surprised by how kids learn and what they're learning. Mm. Or even if they say at the end of the lesson... I couldn't go in and think, oh, that was so boring. And kids will say, oh, I really enjoyed that lesson. Yeah. It's, yeah. So how do you work that out? Yeah. Well, I think because often as teachers, we just have our own agenda. We can get caught up in the curriculum and mm. what we want them to know. Yeah. And we can just go, you know, full pelt delivering a lesson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we think, oh, I feel very satisfied. Yeah. But... Um, we have to think about that learning and I think you know as you know our, our teachers spend so much time preparing lessons mm. but they have to think along the way how are the girls going to learn this what can yeah. I do yeah and that's when assessment is really important along the way and, and checking um, if they are learning, if they are learning. Right. and I think you know to be a really good teacher you then have to be really flexible in the moment yeah yeah um and I think that's, that can be really hard because I think teachers want to do a good job. They prepare yeah. beautiful lessons. Yeah. You jump in and sometimes you just want to keep going with that lesson. Yeah. But you realise none of those girls are coming along with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to be really flexible to go, I've got to stop. Yeah. And uh, I've got to think of a different way to do this. And doing that in the moment, mm. I guess, is what it's all about as being a good teacher. And, yeah. and what about the time where maybe <clears throat> you can see that the learning or the, the agenda that you might have had might be different to what the students are having, but they're still wanting to learn something else. Yeah. How, do you, how do you encourage teachers to do that? Because I know, as you said, you know, some teachers might be a little bit more, no, this is the curriculum, I've got to stick to yeah. this. And I, I guess in religious education, it's a bit easier because uh -huh. sometimes a kid will ask a question at the beginning of the lesson and then 50 minutes later we're still <laughs> talking about that question. We haven't talked about Easter or Christmas or anything. Yeah. But in other places, when we're thinking about learning and we've decided what we want the kids to learn, 
But if there is this sort of flow of learning about something else, is that important that we follow that? Yeah, look, I think it is because uh, in reason, I think there's got to be some strategies that teachers could have to manage that because mm. if, if, if students are sort of bursting at the bit to learn something else that's perhaps not on your agenda, I think that's a, that's a great thing you want to nurture mm. because that, you yeah. know, that's showing that they're curious, they're interested and you don't want to dismiss that because then they sort of have that idea of school as just you know boring, boring. it's not about me mm. um, and you don't really want a, a classroom space like that yeah. so you know uh, there's teachers that that would manage that in different ways they might like have something like a wonder wall um, you know where they might post a really interesting question that right. that's that one of the girls has said but at that particular point in time, perhaps it's not the space to address that, but yeah. they'll come back to that. Um, or, you know, sometimes there are things, you know, little projects that they might, you know, get get the girls to do at different times mm. when they just have that space. Or that you think, okay, I am going to allow maybe 10 or 15 minutes for us to digress and yeah, right. let's come back or yeah, have yeah. that as the carrot at the end yeah, when everybody's yeah, we'll fading at the question. end of 80 yeah. minutes and, yeah. and come back to that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important that, that we don't dismiss those because, um, you know, there's so much that we can learn. And mm. even if it doesn't relate back to the curriculum, yeah. the curriculum is, is pretty broad. Yeah. I reckon we can always find the links yeah, to I bring it back. So and, and even, because um, obviously I love learning, I think that you can still use that as a teaching moment about the learning process yeah and that's only going to for sure make future learning better as well have you always loved learning like what were you like as a student <laughs> i was a very compliant student right um yeah and until i probably got to year 11 and 12 where i decided to talk a little bit too much and then <laughs> realized you actually do or you should listen have to focus yeah but I don't know that when I went through school learning was like I love school I had a great set of friends so mm. I love going yeah. but I don't know that it was learning that was driving me yeah at right. that time um, yeah I don't actually think I um, really my love of learning happened until perhaps university mm. and through my mm. um, yeah through my careers probably do you think that do you think that people are capable like sometimes when I look at the school day yep and you know over 13 years we're expecting these kids to be you know for how many hours a day six or seven hours a day just soaking in all this information day after day yeah is what do, what do you think about that sort of structure because as you said, you know, I think that schools have been structured around that type of learning. You come in, the teacher has a lesson plan, they give you everything, you take it in. <laughs> Back up for the next day. But, you know, me personally, I'm, I'm about <laughs> five minutes of that <laughs> a week. Yeah. So do you think... Do you think people in general are capable of, capable of that or are you talking about you know your your role is your is part of your role trying to find another way of 
not just teaching, you know, as you said, you sit with the students and you can see what it's like for them. But is that, is that something, and is, is that something that uh, inspires you, that challenges you, that gives you energy of finding ways of doing this? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I think it's a great challenge. To, um, but I have that real belief that um, we're all born curious. Yeah, right. It's true, yeah. I you agree. know, like when you think about your children when they were young, yeah. you know, and got toddlers walking around saying why why it drives you nuts (laughs) um so when they when the girls come into kindergarten i mean they are curious and i think that our role is not to beat that out of them yeah and not you know and not for them just to sit back and yeah start conforming yeah yeah and i think that we have a real responsibility to keep that curiosity yeah and i think that you know you can see how it's faded in adults you yeah. can see how it fades. Yeah. Um, and so primary educators, I think we have a really important role because if we can keep them interested mm. um, and keep them wanting to grow and yeah. um, just to see the world, you know, as magically as they do when they're yeah. young, yeah. Um, I think we, we, we owe it to think about how, you know, our teaching and our pedagogy can really keep nurturing that. And yeah, there's going sure. to obviously be times that you're going to sit in the classroom <laughs> and you have to do some things you don't like. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that that's, that is a given. Yeah. But I think that that's a, that's a life lesson. There's yeah. plenty of things that we do that we don't like to do. Yeah, but that yeah. is a part of being a human yeah, as well. I so I think it's about getting that balance. But some right. of those things you don't like, do you think some of those things you don't like can actually be the catalyst for more questions, for yeah. curiosity. Yeah, yeah, and to challenge that. Yeah, you know, and that well, takes a, a good teacher to be able to pick that up. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely, and to then be able to make that connection of, well, it actually is important mm. because, and to give some examples, and yeah, um, yeah. And they're great conversations to have when they... Yeah. What do, you, what do you think about, you know, before you were talking about the adults' experience of school and how that might affect their ongoing learning mm-hmm. as adults? Mm-hmm. What have you seen in that way? Because I think sometimes, you know, as adults, it's easy to say to kids, you know, just do this or just do that. Because and, and I've never thought about this before. Maybe that's how we were trained to approach life. Mm. You know, this is it. This is how it is. Um, without being curious, and it's quite often I get the question. You know, I get phone calls from parents or questions from parents saying, "What should I do in this situation?" And my answer often is, "Just listen. Just have a conversation." And it's a little bit uncomfortable, like just to sit and listen and have a conversation with your kid. Don't worry about answers, Don't, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, probably, well, I know it from my own perspective being a parent as well, mm. that when you see your, you know, your children moving through school and getting to the end of high school or something like that, it is just so hard not to just tell them what to do, <laughs> right? That's right. And, it's, and sometimes you have and to tell them what to do. Y- yeah. <laughs> and you just sort of think, did that work when my parents tried to mm. tell me what to do? Well, probably mm. not because I don't think, 
I don't think that my parents were nearly as involved. I think that's just the generation of yeah. the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but hey, I think it's about just, like you said, I think being pa- um, listening and being patient. Being patient, yeah. And to actually just sit comfortably with watching them. Yeah. Because they have to learn by doing. Yeah, They can't that's right. learn by just being told yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that's really tricky yeah for people to understand because we just want to impart all of our wisdom yeah and share all of our failures yeah and we want them to learn from our failures yeah but they won't yeah they have to learn from their own failures exactly and i think it's what you're saying and tell me if i'm wrong but you know sometimes as a teacher you might get up there and you go you know sort of blah 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 here's the information and there's a kid who doesn't get it and so then you just go to that kid, blah, 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 blah. You repeat it the same, you yeah. You repeat it. Mm-hmm. I still don't get it. And then sometimes we take this view that, well, there's something wrong with that kid. Everyone else gets it. Mm. You've hit on it. I think a really important point about teaching. Yeah. Like if you just keep repeating that, there's nothing wrong with the child. Mm. It's on you. Yeah. Because you've yeah. got to look for a different way. Yeah. To help them make that connection. Yeah. And uh, I think we're, we're often too quick to say there's something wrong with the child. Yeah. Because the child isn't understanding. Um, it has to come back to the teacher. I think that's hard for teachers to oh, sometimes. Oh, it is. Because it, it takes listening and patience, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It does. And, and, it's sort of, and, and teachers are very proud of what they do. And yeah. I think, oh, I've spent hours on this. Like, everyone else has got it, but you haven't. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's... It is about listening and, and being patient and just sort of thinking, how can how can we look at this from a different perspective? Yeah. And I, th- I think what we do here at SCEG is we really try and empower the girls to have a voice in that process of learning. Mm. I mean, that's certainly a, one of our major goals of leaving primary school, that they can come to secondary with that voice of, this is what I need as a learner. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, so that they can have those conversations. I think, you know, because only learning works best when mm. when you talk to yeah. teacher and student. And I guess yeah. there's a certain amount of, if a kid thinks, you know, if they're comparing themselves to other people, they're not getting it. There's a certain amount of shame and embarrassment that goes with that too, which is hard to yeah. push through. There is, and... You know, girls can cover that up really well. Mm. You know, they can they can have all sorts of strategies to look like they're getting by. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that can be tricky, particularly, I guess, as they get older. Yeah, into the high school. Into the high school. Yeah. Did you see some of that, like when you were working yeah. in academic support? Mm-hmm. Did you, and kids you taught in primary school, yeah. and then coming into the high school, still having you know, learning issues. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see how it might have affected them emotionally? Yeah, look, yeah, absolutely. I think that when you think about it, like you said, you, you come to school, you're here for six hours, and when learning's really hard, mm. it's not going to make you feel good. Um, and um, so it's just, it's being able to back up every day, and so you think that, absolutely takes an emotional toll yeah. on them yeah. and I think that then you get into that space of balancing well-being yeah exactly w- with the academics yeah um, and there's 
once that sort of crosses that line, there's not much you can do with the academics if you're, yeah. you know, yeah. the well-being's not quite right. Yeah. But you also then know that to help with the well-being, you've got to do something with academics yeah. too. And yeah. then if, if girls um, aren't, you know, that reflective of themselves and what they need and keep denying that, it, it just becomes really a really tricky cycle. Yeah, it does. And, and yeah. So, um, yeah, I spent a bit of time working with you eight and nine, and I think that that was a really difficult time. There's mm. so much going on yeah. just to try and navigate being a teenager. But if you throw in a, a learning difficulty, yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah, it, it's... It can be quite hard, um, but I mean, it's also, I think at Skeggs, it, you know, being such a small school and being a community, yeah. there's a lot of supports around, yeah. and it's just about being patient again that you keep offering those supports, and and what you, well, what I saw, my experience was that, although I mightn't have made much ground in year eight and nine with those girls. You could see them coming to the door at the end of year 10, yeah, year 11 lovely, and year 12. Like, it, they were ready for it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when you reflect back and you think, oh, what difference did I make? <laughs> I don't know that yeah. I was that successful. You sort of think, well, had I not, you know, been there and provided the support and went through the motions, yeah. you know, if I hadn't done that groundwork, yeah. Um, then maybe they never would have come to the door. So I think, you know, trying to stay optimistic that although you can't see, you know, your That's impact right. straight away, yeah. don't give up on them. Let them know how much you care. Offer, keep going through the motions. And then when they're ready, yeah, you hope right. they take up that support. And, and I really do think that they do. Yeah, I think that's true because learning... As we've already said, you know, sometimes we think learning is about gathering information and then holding that information. It's about knowledge. That's mm, it. No. But what you're saying to me is, is the relationship has a lot to do with learning too, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't. Yeah, you cannot learn without having a good relationship. Yeah. You know, with the teacher. Yeah. With the peers. So really establishing that culture in the classroom that everybody feels safe and valued yeah. as learners. And known. And known, yeah, yeah. and that everybody has something co to contribute. Yeah. You know, they're all different strengths and yeah. um, and that was what makes a beautifully eclectic, great learning space. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we were talking about teachers before, Christy. Uh, there was something you said, I'm just trying to remember what it was, but you made me think about what a teacher brings into the classroom. So of course they might bring in their lesson plan and all their <laughs> props that go with their lesson plan, their technology skills, their skills as a teacher. What about a personality? A teacher's personality, how does that affect, we're talking about teachers being flexible, and being mm -hmm. patient. How does that affect the learning environment, do you think? Yeah, huge, I think. Um, because you've got to be sort of a master of connection. Mm. You've got to understand different personalities. You've got to understand that, well, humour might work with most people. That's right. <laughs> it doesn't work with these people. Yeah. And they just do your eye rolling even yeah. from a young age and think, nah, we, we're not on 
the same space. <laughs> so I think you do have to be a bit like a magician and keep pulling out different tricks yeah. and you've got to look for the ways that connect. Yeah. You've got to listen. Like, you know, if, they, if they're loving Minecraft, you know, you've got to, you know, that's a way in. Think about, yeah, and you might know nothing that. about Minecraft. Yeah. Um, and you might think, I know nothing about Minecraft. And that's sort of honesty to build like an authentic yeah. relationship. Yeah. But you can't just have one strategy to connect yeah. and think everybody's yeah. going to give back to that's that. Right. And, and, you know, that takes time. Yeah. And again, you sort of sometimes have to be patient thinking, you know, perhaps I want to, we like to fix everything. Mm. I want to fix this student. I want to, you know, improve their English and maths and I can see everything I need to do. But if you don't invest that time to really get to know them, then... yeah. You know, you, it, it, it won't work that's as well. Right. You've so, got to read your audience. Yeah, and yeah. Sometimes that's hard to do when there's such. It, a, it is, a and there's some there's some little people, and you think, oh, I, you know, being a class teacher, so you get to the year and you think, oh, I don't know, did we really? Yeah. Connect. Yeah. You know, um, it just, I mean, it happens. Yeah, and each year you group know, can be so different too, can't can, it? Like you have one yeah. year of kindergarten yeah. like this, and then the next year. Yeah. Totally and you're different. just like, oh, you know, and then you look in your bag and you've got no tricks left. And it's just speech night and I'm tricks. just like, oh, no, I know I've let you go. And then you keep finding them in the playground and think, yeah. I'm still going to, I'm yeah. not going to give up on you even though I'm not your class yeah. teacher. I really want to yeah. keep connecting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But it doesn't happen that often. But when it does, you just yeah. sort of, uh, you know, yeah. I, think I, I like to keep pursuing and. Yeah. I'm going to work you out. <laughs> and I think, I, I mean, I'm, I'm loving what you're saying because it sounds like, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't give up on anyone and you, you, keep, you keep thinking about how can these kids, as individuals, as classes, as year groups, how can these kids continue to learn? And in order to do that, you have to keep learning too, don't you? Absolutely. You have to be open to that as well. Yeah. How hard is that? Like how, because... <laughs> You know, you are yep. telling me before we started recording that you're doing a PhD at the moment, mm -hmm. learning a lot. What's, tell us about your PhD. You can tell us what the subject is. And Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm doing a PhD um, in mathematics education. Um, the teaching of mathematics um, in girls particularly is always, I found fascinating. Right. I, I think the teaching of mathematics, well, the subject itself is so polarising. Um, I find it fascinating. Yeah. Um, and so I am looking at um, teachers' beliefs um, and practices in um, ability-grouped mathematics classrooms right. in the primary school setting. Right. Because um, you're a maths teacher. Well, um, you're primary teacher. I'm primary teacher, um, but I... Your math, maths is your I, thing. I like, I like teaching maths. I like the challenge yeah. of, trying, of teaching mathematics. So I'm yeah. not an actual... I'm not a mathematician. Right. Um, so I'm about the pedagogy of, you know, those pra those practices, yeah, right. um, and I think it's fascinating um, about the beliefs that girls can hold, or the beliefs that parents hold, mm. and and can be reflected yeah. in their children. So, um, yeah, it's been a very long process. Um, I was derailed by COVID for a couple of years, but I have done all my data collection and I'm right. analysing the results and wow. trying to write it up and wow. hopefully finished in the next couple of 
couple of years. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, I went back to do that. I, um, Having got a few degrees, I, I could have done like a master's or something, but I, I, I thought, no, I actually want to explore something myself. That's great. Um, and, yeah, it seemed great. Um, <laughs> no, it but, is great. I, I'm not but like, it, it's, it's hard. Like you know, yeah. you don't. Yeah, he. I know what it was. Now maybe I wouldn't have said right. yes to doing it. But I think that's. I like it. I like that challenge. Um, you know, cognitively, it's it's hard yeah. because you're so lonely. Sure, you have a supervisor, but yeah. there's so much on you. Yeah. Um, and obviously working full-time and balancing that yeah. is is hard but yeah. um hey you've got to give it a go or Good do idea. something but it's I, I think it's great because it sounds like a a pretty brave venture in a way too or to me it feels like a brave venture mm-hmm. because and I've said this to you many times. I'm no good at maths, and you always. And say, I just say, please don't say please that. Please don't say that. Everyone can do maths, <laughs> but to me, you know, maths is far more black and white. You know, one plus one is two, and so there's an answer there, and you know, that's about as far as my maths goes. <laughs> You'd be surprised, Gary. <laughs> but. In this idea of learning and the research, from what I understand what you're talking about, people could say, well, it's just, that's it. You just have to get it. Again, going back to that idea, you get this number, you get this mm-hmm. number, you put them together. That's How hard can it be? How hard can it be, mm-hmm. right? But you're, you're going into areas, I think, which are a bit more, um, well, I don't know if the word's ambiguous. I don't know, what do you think? Into areas which, which challenge people's ideals, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that most adults um, remember their secondary school experience of maths. Oh, definitely. Um, they don't remember their primary school experience. Yeah. Um, and I think a primary school experience of maths has has always been about using concrete materials and very hands-on. Yeah. Um, and then. As it gets older, and I think, you know, going back 20 years or so, you know, it's way more than that, um, <laughs> since I was in high school. When you were in high school. <laughs> but, you know, it was very textbook focused. Yeah. It was, a, it was a very, it was a subject where the teacher stood up, they modelled an example. Yes. You did 50 of the yeah. same examples. Yeah. And you were very good at that. Yeah. You know, you were very good at familiar problems. And I think that we know that, you know, to be a good mathematician or just to, to be numerate in this world, you have to be good at solving unfamiliar problems. Mm-hmm. You've got to be really good at using your knowledge and skills in a different setting. And I think it's really important that young people know that. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not a discovery that you make in year 12. Yeah. Like, I think we owe it to our young people that when they come in and they see maths, and maths is really useful. Yeah. Because I get a lot of students saying, why do we have to do maths? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not going right. to be doing this. You know, I'm going to yeah. be a gardener. When I, well, not many people say they're going to be gardeners here. But There's a lot of maths in gardening. Well, there you go, you see. You four but did a project on designing a garden for Mrs. Wilsmore. There you go. There you go. That's so fantastic. Anyway. <laughs> so, that, so, yeah, but they don't make that connection. Yeah, and, and we have to help them find those connections so they can really value mm-hmm. maths learning. And it might be that, you know, when you think... Yeah, adults go back and say, you know, I've, I've never used 
you know, algebra, algebra or quadratic yeah. equation or whatever. But what's important is that that students go through the process of learning that because yeah. even if they might not use that specific skill, they've gained skills in learning that too yeah. or that they can apply that knowledge to further maths learning yeah. later on. So it's not always like, when will I ever use this mm. um, too? So, And I think that we need to help young people really see the connection so that they value that. Yeah. And I mean, you, you can't get by without reading and writing and you can't get by in this world without understanding number and particularly data and data and numerical literacy out there and um, yeah so I I think it's well worth the time and energy to (laughs) keep out people. I agree. (laughs) What about technology? A lot of the kids that are coming into primary school now they're Mm -hmm. they're born with a a screen Mm -hmm. in their hand basically. How does that affect learning? you know, in comparison to when we were at school, let's say. Mm. What do you think it's a... I was about to say good or evil. (laughs) We don't have to categorise it. Yeah, look, I think that... I mean, we always have that philosophy that we'll use technology to enhance learning. Mm -hmm. But I think there are a lot of ways that it really is helping Mm. students to learn or to particularly articulate their learning. Right. So there's certainly girls that might struggle uh, with like the act of writing, like whether it be a physical limitation with handwriting yeah. or it might be um, a difficulty with writing. Yeah. But, you know, they're making connections. They've got ideas and technology can be a really powerful tool to get that out. Yeah. And yeah. that they've, they've produced some learning that they're really proud of. Yeah, right. Instead of just sitting there and, trying to and doing nothing, yeah. right? So we, yeah, we start to use that technology, um, you know, at, by year three, we're trying to help them particularly mm-hmm. use, you know, voice recording, mm-hmm. but it also, you know, to got technologies now that can read back passages. Yeah, right. You know, and, and again, girls can comprehend hearing that but they're still struggling with the mechanics of yeah, reading. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously we, we do intervention to keep working on that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's really exciting stuff yeah, when you can great. just sort of see they can actually access this yeah, and yeah. be part of the group and yeah. not feel like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm dumb and it's I can't do this. It's another tool in the bag. Yeah, it is. It is. So I think that's, that's really good. Um, and it's training them up on how to use it well. Yeah, right. So it becomes a, a skill that they can keep using. Yeah. Yeah. I, had, I was teaching a class a little while back. I think it was a year seven class. And I'd asked a question. We were discussing something. And then one girl said, um, you know, she gave off this information. I said, where did you learn that? On TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What do you think about learning stuff off TikTok? <laughs> Because what her her information was a little bit dubious. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, is that still learning? Is a, is fake news still fake learning? News. Is well, look, and I think that's why um, there's so much talk about um, helping students to be critical learners. Yeah. To be able to really critically analyze what they hear. Yeah. Yeah. So that they don't just go, yeah, oh, that. it's on TikTok. Yeah. But, you know, even if it, um, 
there might be parts of it that is helpful yeah. and factual and you know my understanding not that I follow TikTok very often um, my children think I'm ancient I am <laughs> I'm still back in Facebook to find my information um, but you know I think the reality is that we have to acknowledge that that is an information yeah. source sure and you know we have to think about okay yeah. this is going to be an information source yeah how can we make um our students savvy in using that yeah. information yeah. source, yeah. you know, so that they can actually do some, you know, reflective, critical thinking sure. about what they're going to pull out yeah. from that. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like, from everything that you're saying, it sounds to me like you're wanting people to think, learning how to think. And that, yeah. we all think, don't we? Yeah. We think about stuff all the time. Yeah. But how do you learn how to think? Like our minds can't do anything else. Mm. How do you how do you teach people to learn how to yeah. think? Consciously think. Yeah. Purposely think. Yeah. Um, and I think I guess people have to be open to it too, don't they? Yeah. Because some people will be just want the concrete. They do, and they don't like um, yeah being forced to think more flexibly. Um, in, in my research, um, I'm just analysing some data um, from Year 5 students and they said that they hate it when the teacher asks like an open-ended question. Mm. They just want to give the answer yeah. and be done. Yeah. They don't want that open-endedness. <laughs> they don't yeah. want that it could be this or it could be yeah. this and justify that. That's right. And they're just like, you know, yeah. and yeah. The, the teacher's there forcing them to actually consciously think yeah. so yeah i got a i got a student survey back this year one kid said uh i hate re <laughs> oh no, no. Well, she said it's too existential <laughs> <laughs> so, oh that's okay <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah yeah so being able to think beyond yeah even beyond the unthinkable sometimes absolutely I mean, maybe that's what makes people uncomfortable yeah um but I guess that's that's what we do. Like you say, we do as humans all the time. We mm. think and we think. Um, and you want to go out. You know, they, we want students to leave school mm. with that skill and yeah. put it to good use yeah, that's of right. thinking. Um, but I, I believe that it's it's teachable. In, you know, and with our language of learning that mm. we've done in the primary school, I think that's what we're endeavouring to do to bring that sort of... Yeah. different type of thinking and reflecting on um you know how what sort of characteristic i can bring to yeah my learning yeah. at a particular point in time when i need it and would you say that language of learning um and i can explain what it is in a moment but would you say that 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 learning is almost a byproduct of that practice mm. yeah definitely um yeah, I think, yeah, and the quality of learning. Mm. Like you can really enhance how well you can learn. Yeah, and can you give us a brief... A brief. ...description of yes, what it is? Yes, the language of learning. <laughs> um, so our language, it, it's common from K to 6, and so um, this includes six, um, like, learning qualities or dispositions that we're really trying to target. Right. Um, so they include uh, collaboration, curiosity, courage, flexibility, persistence, 
and reflective. And so what that means is um, we, depending on what the learning task is, you know, like if it's um, something that is completely new, mm. um, it's a really hard task, uh, and we want them, uh, students, the girls to be really courageous to have a go. Yeah, right. You because know, yeah. a lot of girls don't like taking a risk. Yeah. <laughs> we want yeah. them to have a go. Yeah. So not only will we work, um, teach the task and, and you know, um, all the explicit teaching that's involved with that and, and give them time with that, alongside that, we talk about what it means to be courageous. Yeah, right. What it means to take yeah, a risk. Yeah. How it actually feels yeah, so when you don't want to do something. So that sort of emotional yeah. feeling that's associated with learning. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and we use that as a teaching point. Yeah. You know, or it might be a group task. Um, you know, working with each other. Like yeah. it's hard work. Yeah. And, and do <laughs> and you explore that then? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So, you know, being a collaborative worker, what does that actually mm. really mean? Mm. Like, it's not just being po- just polite and saying, oh, that's nice. And, but it's that ability to be able to build on each other's ideas to really grow, yeah. um, you know, a particular response or a thought or a strategy. Um, but with that, you know, we might bring in being flexible. What does it mean to be a flexible thinker? Yeah, yeah. You know, to be able to listen to somebody else's idea, to really unpack that and think, oh, this is a good bit, this is a bad bit. Um, Or I don't agree with it, not a bad bit, but I just don't agree with that. And so there's so many opportunities throughout um, a lesson or a school day where we can actually just, we call it split screening. So let's just pause the actual... Um, curriculum sort of learning yeah. and let's just look at ourselves as What's learners and what yeah. we're bringing to this yeah, I like that. and and perhaps you know okay why isn't it working it's mm. not working because you're not you're not taking a risk you're yeah. not actually trying to put anything on paper or yeah. trying to have a thought um yeah and i our girls are really responsive to that yeah you know and then you sort of okay let's unpause and let's get back to the learning again yeah um, it's and t- teaching that reflection. Yeah, that reflection, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just bringing to the conscious mind what it means to be a really effective learner. Yeah. You know? Um, maybe just an effective person. And a person, a good human. Because I think, yeah, I think a lot of people wanting to talk about things is that, isn't it? It's just putting it out there. and. Yeah. Well, it's making a personal connection to learning. Yeah. Like we're not just little robots yeah. in a classroom yeah, that's just right. yeah and it moves them just up. from up here yeah it's your whole self. but it is your whole self yeah and, and it can learning can be really emotional oh for sure <laughs> for sure we see a lot of that yeah you know but it's how you manage that and how you how, how you can sort of think okay when i'm up against that sort of learning that type of learning task again what did i learn last time yeah and how what could I do differently and yeah. how could I improve myself as a learner so yeah. I can be more successful yeah. in my learning? Do you think people are surprised by how much... Because it's almost like the learning or the, the stuff that... Not necessarily the information, but there's the something else that's almost internal anyway. You know, I'm thinking about not necessarily in the, the classroom, but, you know, if I'm talking to someone in my office and they're telling their story 
And I, I'm very adverse to giving anyone advice, but just helping them to unpack their story. Mm-hmm. And they are the ones who, they're the ones who, you know, I can set up today, well, you've just learnt that, you know, whatever. But it's there. It's, it's almost just trying to unpack it, just trying to give it an avenue. Exactly. Yeah, I think, and just making sense, helping, yeah, like you say, unpacking it, seeing it step by step and just mm. with a little bit more clarity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it is internal. Yeah. I mean, the intrinsic value of learning, we don't learn. No, that's get right. a certificate or a that's right. <laughs> we that's shouldn't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I think, you know, when you just sit and listen and you, mm. you do unpack that. Yeah. It's in, yeah, it's interesting how many students come back after finishing school and say, you know, they went to university and did all this stuff and then they've gone to a job and they feel like, you know, a minimal amount of what they learn at university, depending on, you know, not if you're a brain surgeon or something, <laughs> but how much, once they're in the job, how much they've actually used in in that profession, but what they've had to learn mm. through action. Yes, yeah. yeah. No, I think, I mean, that's the greatest vision really, isn't it? That you le- leave school with the ability to learn and you can apply it to any yeah. situation you're in, whether it's yeah. just personal, in your life, yeah. that you can learn from no, that to move right. forward or it is a career-based that's right. thing. I think, that's it's, right. I think it's the greatest gift we can give. Yeah. Being open to learning. Just to finish off, this might be a dumb question. There's no such thing as a dumb question. (laughs) Okay, well, you tell me this then. (laughs) What do you reckon the best thing you've ever learnt was? Or one of the best things Uh, you've ever learnt? Yeah. I, I actually think it's probably what I spoke about before, that my agenda is not always yeah, right. um, the most important. Okay. Yeah. I think that, you know, you can be so enthusiastic and you can think, you know, I want to do this. I yeah. want to do, you know, and that, I think it's also not just with, you know, in a classroom, but I also think it's in, you know, I have an agenda here in my position, I guess. Yeah. Um, being a deputy and being passionate about teaching and learning, mm. my agenda is quite strong but not everybody's ready for that at the yeah, time and I think it's about just hold it yeah and and try and see it from the other person's yeah, perspective and I think that that's I think that's a hard lesson to learn in life it is <laughs> and, and and again I think it works with my children as well I yeah, have one I plan for them <laughs> yeah. with your husband and uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I have a great vision of what he should do <laughs> um, but it just doesn't work out that way no, does it and right. I think that um, you know had I have I not been conscious of that I think I would be in a real real turmoil I think I would mm. be more frustrated frustrated yeah, and, yeah. you know and I think it's um, I think that helps me stay very patient oh, good on you Christy yeah. and I think that's true I don't think we're encouraged to be very gracious in our in our world, but what you what I hear you saying is that yeah, graciousness. It's about yeah. being gracious to other people and saying, well, yeah, they're not me, mm. and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it is a hard lesson to learn because you're, you're stuck with yourself all the time. <laughs> you are very stuck with yourself, and you know, 
you're, you're you. But that's right. Uh, that's right. You have to work with other people, yeah. whether they're in kindergarten or they're an adult. Exactly. <laughs> Good on you, Christy. Yeah. Thank you very much for chatting. It's been wonderful. Yeah. I've well, learnt a lot. Excellent. <laughs> I'd like you to tell me what else you learned today. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. No, it's good talking to you. <laughs> and if anyone has uh, any questions about learning, particularly here at Skeggs, of course, but anything at all, I think it's a great conversation to have of how we learn. It's uh, pretty broad, but I think it's Well, we didn't even get into the cognitive part of it, really. Yeah, or well, maybe yeah. another edition. <laughs> Come back to that. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. And we'd love your feedback if you have any feedback. I hope you're all well, and I look forward to seeing you around, and thanks for listening again. See you later.